listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a day in which we've got eight games in the Major League Baseball playoffs, we have a postponement in the NFL. What is the Vegas lead here on this Wednesday? NBA Finals. Now, typically, this is in June, and there's nothing competing with it. NBA's kind of smart, right? Wednesday, no football. Game one, no doubt. NBA Finals, we got, we're going to handicap it. We got the odds, the whole thing. Yeah, it's the Heat versus the Lakers. Game one of the NBA Finals from the bubble in Orlando. 9 p.m. Eastern time tip on ABC. And right now on pregame.com, L.A. is a four-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Okay, so if we look at the odds here, and keep in mind, these are... So maybe the, where we start is, what do the odds tell us about the game and the series? And I think at four and a half, Fez, there's been some heat money. So it was five and a half down to four and a half. But remember, if this game were in Los Angeles, a typical series, home court advantage... This would be eight, three and a half, let's say, added to four and a half. This still feels expensive to me. It feels like the value's on the heat. And the reason I feel that is imagine if we didn't know who these teams were. If all you saw was the playoffs, I would make the case that Miami's been more impressive. So maybe let's start there. If all you're looking at, if this was a new season and we knew nothing about the players and we had these three prior series to assess who's been more impressive. Too close to call. All right. Both teams. Uh, I disagree. So let's think. We'll make your case, I guess. Both teams 12-3, and three, so the same record. You can make the case Miami a little bit harder strength to schedule. Well, a little bit harder. Get Indiana. Uh, no, no. I, I'm asking you something. How could you make the case otherwise? So mm-hmm. Portland, Houston, and Denver – Versus, go ahead. Indiana, which is the easiest of the six of these teams. But obviously, was, it, was it really much easier than the Portland team that was limping into that? Even though you had a bet on Portland, I know you want to make Portland out to be. Maybe sad. I'm biased because I had Portland rated higher, yes. And then like, ultra impressive. You're right. Beating Milwaukee because, and then beating Boston. Because here's the thing if I'm playing an eight year old in basketball and a 10 year old, the odds are that I'm going to be able to beat either of them pretty easily. The 10-year-old is going to be better than the 8-year-old. But if the odds of me winning are 99% in both cases, is it a distinction without a difference? Meaning, you're right, maybe. Portland's better than Indiana. Neither team had any chance, it seemed. Well, you bet Portland. But either neither team had any chance to win. So what's the difference? Fair enough. Right? Now, the Lakers still have a better point-per-game difference. So now we're just going to change subjects. So we agree 100%. We agree 100% that Boston or Chicago, well, Boston, yeah, that Miami had the tougher uh, road. We do. We okay. do. Significantly tougher. Ooh. Matty Holt joins. I thought the odds in the Miami series weren't that high initially because people didn't know how good that zone was going to be. I mean, what, what was it? Only like minus 200 against uh, Indiana or something in that series, Miami. Yeah, it was not that long. It was not that long. Oh, and the Lakers were like minus 450 or something, right? They were a big favorite against Portland. Yes. Miami was literally minus 200 against Indiana. Um, now, that's interesting because in hindsight, which would, if anything, would be making my point mm-hmm. even more. So, um, you know, McKenzie, research pregame.com. Let's see the exact series price there. Uh, okay, it looks like it was minus 400. Now, was that the maybe see when that was grabbed? 
But either way, getting this, and, and it was a great point. By the way, Matty Holt, usintegrity.com. What's that? It's about integrity in sports betting. Company, it's booming as far as I can see. And he had many, I call you now the billion dollar bookmaker. <laughs> because, again, you were vice president at Cantor that was taking more bets than anybody yeah. at the time for years and years. And now he's trying to start the bad guy. All right. We are straight out of Vegas. So why then, and you were starting to go to point differential, why would Miami even be an underdog? Now, I get the whole LeBron's got a brand, blah, blah, blah. But on merit, what is it about the Laker team that's better than the Heat? Understanding that during the regular season they were better, and the assumption is this Heat team has grown into what they are. And if you have three series, you can say it's not the season, but boy, I don't know if I've ever seen a playoff, a finals, where one team is considered clearly better, the Lakers. They're like the grown-up team. But in truth, the opponents played just as well, if not better. And maybe it's the bubble. I don't know. But that feels unusual to me. And the only thing you can hang your hat on with the Lakers is they were better during the regular season. But effectively, that was a different team because Miami has come together so well. I think the odds makers have just carried over that Miami power rating from pre-playoffs. And we saw that in the Boston series, frankly, where... Boston continued to be a three to three and a half point favorite in games two all the way through game six. So even though Miami was out playing Boston for most of the series, Miami never got upgraded until they wound up winning the series. No, I mean, that, to me, if you look at it, that was just flabbergasting. Is, in fact, what's fascinating is the typical Boston line was three and a half over the Heat, neutral court. Now the Lakers are four and a half over the Heat. It's almost saying Boston and the Lakers would have been even teams. I don't think that would have been the case in this finals, would it? If it was Boston-Lakers, this would have been like an even series? No. I mean, like Lakers by one? More than that. It just feels like they don't want to upgrade the Heat for some reason. And I get it. Historically, teams just don't grow up during the playoffs. I don't know if I remember another case like that. Maybe this is where the layoff w- was was key. Exactly, because I don't think that Miami got good during the playoffs. I think Miami got good during the layoff for whatever reason. When they came back and they've got so much youth with Hero only being 20 years old, out of Bayou 23, this was just a far superior team versus their opponents when they came back. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas Knox, from the fans' perspective, what do you see as the key to the entire series? Uh, to the entire series, if Miami gets hot if they come out shooting like they did in a couple of games against the Celtics the Lakers are going to be in trouble because they can't match them from the outside Um, Miami shot really well Jimmy Butler didn't have that great of a series but it was the other guys Duncan Robinson Tyler Hero those guys were red hot from behind the arc now wouldn't you say that that if you're a Miami fan it's better I'd rather have Jimmy Butler can reach his height it seems like without needing to do it in the prior series were those guys feeling their new heights, their new levels, were, was more important. I'm more optimistic about Miami 
because Butler wasn't the key the last yeah. round. No, I agree. I totally agree. And and to your guys' point on the whole, it's almost like they're not ready to upgrade Miami. This is the other part of it that I found a little bit odd. It reminds me of Tennessee last year in the NFL. And it makes, it makes sense when you're watching the Titans in the playoffs because as it went on and on, and first they beat New England, and then they beat Baltimore, there was skepticism because they we all just anticipated, okay, you can do it once, but can you actually do it again? And with Miami, they're beating these teams four games in a series so it's not like it's just a one-off scenario like Tennessee was they're beating these teams four out of seven time and time again and for whatever reason they're still just not getting the credit they deserve as the series goes on it's weird I think Fezzik buried in one of your comments was a key to consider here the bookmakers and we'll talk to Maddie about this so he had many years behind the counter now he's fighting the bad guys the question is, how much of bookmaking of the opening number is mechanics and how much is mm, art? You know, so we can say objective, subjective, science, art. So let me give an example. Okay, we got this power rating program and it says this team is four points better. Home field is three. We should open it seven. Versus, all right, guys, let's talk about this. This Miami team, you know, it feels like that making that number has so much science and, and very little nuance, very little art. Correct. And, and, and then the market sets it quickly. I mean, the reason that the opening numbers always have such smaller limits is they expect the market to, to set itself. Okay, we're going to open the market with small limits, let people fire away, take those uh, bets that we get early and set what we would call a, a mature number or at least a settled number. And in this case, the, the actual number wasn't that much difference. This thing opened five and now the settled number has been four and a half. Yeah, but if anything, it does say, and, and the idea of the market setting itself is effectively saying, let the betters bet, and if they bet lopsided, we accept it and move with them. Yeah. Right? So, so far, it's pretty clear to say the betters have said value heat. Yes. Right? I mean, not to some extreme degree, but um, if you look at the public, now pregame.com, you can get the cash splits and the ticket splits, it is interesting. 58% of the cash on the Lakers and 54% of the ticket. So both slight majority Lakers, line is going down against the Lakers, which means the faces, the, the betters who the bookmakers say, oh, you know, and that's an interesting question too to get that insight. A drunk guy, he owns a couple gas stations in New Jersey. He's got a Bon Jovi t shirt on and he's actually got a mullet. He bets 5000 versus Fezzik in one of his disguises, but you see it's him. <laughs> Different, right? Oh, absolutely. And the other problem with Miami could be the fact that they're doing something we're not used to. They're playing this zone that we're not used to seeing, um, and it's working. So whenever anyone does something new, whether it's the wildcat in football or something, when people do something new, it takes a little time to react to it. But is that reacting as if you think that it's more effective, but we the market doesn't understand it? Or react as if it's something the Lakers are going to figure out soon enough? It's kind of uh, gimmicky, but it won't last. I think that people are skeptical that it will last. I mean, the zone defense isn't something new to basketball. It's something new in this era that people haven't been utilizing the way the Heat are. But, but, but do you think the Heat are using it as some kind of surprise? Or they used it against Boston specifically because... The matchup 
made the zone a good thing. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't play the zone the whole. I mean, I'm not predicting they won't, but it feels like that they're playing that zone based upon the current situation, not because it's a new approach. Like it's not like they're saying we're a zone team now. Right? It feels like they're saying in this situation, the zone's going to work. I think they still played it more than any other team in the playoffs, they, but a lot of that has to do with the Celtics series and the minutes. Okay, so lost. you're saying zone in the playoffs, that's an interesting point, more for Miami than any other team. Now, during the regular season, were they heavy in the zone? I don't recall there how far heavy they were in the zone. Yeah, so which would also make it new. Jones, you have any insight in the evolution of the zone? I don't. I know they started using it against Boston. They didn't use it all the time. Uh, well, as this, they were using Milwaukee too, right? A good I, bit. With, I, yeah. I believe so. And the Celtics started actually figuring it out as the series went on. But by that time, it was too late. And Game Six, Miami was so hot from three that you know there was really no no response from Boston. So. Research pops up. This is pretty good. Kevin O'Connor from the Ringer said the Heat played no zone in the first two rounds, played heavy versus South. So none against Milwaukee. Wow. And that's the thing about the NBA. It's the thing about all sports. We think we understand football. We don't. Right? We're seeing a little bit of the game. If you're not watching the All-22, you know, and that's why the guys that do, you know, like uh, Coach Sal, great Coach Sal right here on FSR, a bunch those guys have insight that no one else has, right? or at least we don't. The trick to me is getting that information and figuring out how it fits. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. History tells us the better team, more notably the team with the key best player, wins. You want to do something wild one Friday night if you don't have a date? <laughs> is go back and look at the NBA Finals champion, you know, the champions, and say who was the best team player on that team, and ask yourself how good is that player in the scheme of the NBA's history. So let's think about some of the teams: Larry Bird and the Celtics, and let's go back to 79-80, first year for Magic and Bird, right? The modern era, Bird and Magic throughout the 80s, pretty much every title. Later in the 80s, Isaiah, right? call him the Pistons guy. And Isaiah would be good, but not amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And all the all-timers, right? He was one of the top five players of the era, but okay. And then we segue in. Oh, look, there's a guy named Michael Jordan. He does pretty well. Now, Hakeem maybe gets in there for those two. Maybe not. You could say, no, that's, revert. You know, that's hindsight. Now we segue to Tim Duncan. He was there for a few. And then you think about it, Shaq. And Kobe, however you want to think about that, because Kobe had two extra ones by himself. Shaq had one with the Heat. Okay? And then LeBron. And then Steph Curry. Or we can say however you want to look at that. But these are literally 10 or 12 of the 15, 16 best players ever. And they've dominated. If you say, give me the teams that don't have a top 20 player that won the title. Top 20 in the history of the league. Well, I mean, we could go back to wherever Dirk fits, Mm. right? And then the Rip Hamilton early Pistons century. What else? I think that's it. I mean, Jonas, can you think of... You know, this century for sure not, right? No, I can't think of any. I'm trying to actually think who would be the lowest ranked on that list. Maybe Duncan, maybe? 
I don't, I, I Except mean, I, a lot of people believe Duncan's the best power forward know, of all time. That, and that's the thing. So, yeah, it, there is something, too, when you've got Dallas and Detroit of the only teams, especially since 2000 for sure, as being – Yeah. Uh, but if yeah. you think about the Celtics, the Lakers, and the, the Bulls, they take care of that 20 years yeah. pretty much themselves, right? Yeah, it's crazy, yeah. So here's what history tells us. And the question is, if you believe it, you got to like Lakers. But Fess says maybe this is different. History tells us you better have one of the best players in the history of basketball to win the title. All right? Most of the time, 90-plus percent of the time, that's the case. What Fez is saying is, and you can add a little bit to this, this is different. One of the reasons it's different is the long hiatus, the bubble itself, et cetera, Continue to make the case that this is different. Yeah, so I had Miami's power rating going into the bubble. Three and a half points better than an average team. Not even a competitor for to win the championship, seemingly. I've upgraded them four points. That's a huge upgrade for only 15 games. But the odds makers haven't given them that much of an upgrade because the odds makers, hey, any team gets hot for a 15-game period. But this is different because of the unique circumstances. And I don't think the odds makers have made the proper adjustments. But every any team doesn't get hot in the playoffs. Like, more than any other sport... In the NBA playoffs, the NBA playoffs, the best team wins a series more than any other sport. Yes. It's seven games, and baseball and hockey are seven two sometimes, but you know, in baseball. But there's more luck in baseball and hockey. Think about it. One pitch, one swing of the bat, three runs out of nine, let's say. A third of the runs is one play. In basketball, three points out of two hundred and twenty or whatever. It's not even close. It's all about the grind in basketball. And listen, there's something to this being like an AAU-type environment where the older teams have under— when we, we predicted this before the series, right here on Straight Out of Vegas, we said we expect there to be young teams doing better than you would expect. Why? Because it doesn't feel as pressure-packed. They don't have to go on the road. It feels like an AAU environment. And boy, oh boy, except for the Lakers, I mean, think about Denver. Think about Miami. You don't see teams emerge like this that are so young in in a single playoff series. Yeah, and there's a reason you look at Denver winning back-to-back series down 3-1. That never happens. So the unique circumstances of the bubble and a very young team with Murray, yes. So that's, that's the battle. The battle is if this is a common year event, you know, ultimately – the game is the game, as they say. You gotta like the Lakers. If you think this is di- this is this is the aberration, then I think you can like the Heat. Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. We take a look at the three biggest games in the NFL, Vegas style, and we're going to start in Chicago, where right now the Indianapolis Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Bears on pregame.com. And coincidentally, Fezzik has his early week line mover best bet on this game. Now, Games haven't been great, the picks. The line movers are undefeated once again. So, at minimum, if you're betting this, bet when Fez says to bet. What do you got? I'm on the total. I'm going under the 43.5. Main reason, the weather. RJ, Chicago. It's going to be in the mid-50s, 15-mile-an-hour winds. So, mid-50s, what does that mean? 
Normally not Sounds much. Sounds nice. Yeah, it's a, I mean, I'm ready for a picnic. But there's a good chance for rain, and there's 15-mile-an-hour uh-huh. winds. And remember— So how much the winds? 15? 15. Okay. And remember, these teams aren't used to any weather. The weather's been really nice across the country for all oh. the games so far. Okay. So I agree. The most underrated part of weather is wind. You don't see it on TV. It makes a huge difference, especially with passing games being so finesse now. Any other reasons? Yeah, but it's obvious that both teams have good defenses. Mm-hmm. It's also obvious that both offenses are middle of the road, mm-hmm. mediocre. Mm-hmm. But what's not obvious, this indie defense is really elite this year. Better than people think. Better than people think. So we got the weather, we got an underrated indie defense, and your pick is under, and you should bet this now. Yeah, under 43 and a half. What you got, Matty, on but, this game? You know, while it's no surprise to people that the Bears have a good defense slightly above average, Indianapolis number one in the entire So it's statistically NFL. number one. Yeah. Yes, allowing 4.4 yards per play, almost 1.2 yards per play better than league average. So every play that they run, they gain 1.2 yards. Think about that. Every snap, it's a yard advantage, meaning the Colts defense stopping that offense a yard better than an average team. Yes. Eh, That's good. Under the pick. Next up in our look at the three biggest games in the NFL this weekend, we go to Kansas City where it's the Patriots at the Chiefs right now. KC, a seven-point favorite on pregame.com. Yeah, this is down from eight. We're getting some Patriots money. Fez, what do you got? Kansas City undervalued, I think, RJ. They wait, won. wait, the, t- the, the Super Bowl champs that just dominated on Monday night. <laughs> and the Super Bowl favorites, yes, and it's all about, they only beat Baltimore by 14 on the scoreboard, but when you watch that game, they absolutely, Kansas City crushed Baltimore in that game, could have won by 28. If you look, and we talked about this yesterday, if you look at the differentials, this could be, have been the most dominant performance over the opponent of any game this NFL season, Kansas City. You're saying because of that, underrated. What do you got, Matty? You know, sometimes it's hard to, to prove stats out with only three game sample size so far. The New England Patriots offense ranks in the top six in yards per play on offense this year, but they played Miami, they played the Raiders, you know, and they played Seattle with one of the worst pass defenses in the league. What's interesting is the Patriots, who are known for their defense on this team, 10 spots lower than Kansas City when it comes to defensive rankings this year. So what you're saying is the offense for New England, better than we expected. We were thinking about last year's D, and you're saying this Patriots D might not even be above average. Despite playing a mediocre schedule. Finally, we go to Sunday Night Football, where it is the 49ers hosting the struggling Eagles. And right now, San Fran is a seven-point favorite on pregame.com. A lot of people I respect think Nick Mullins might be as good as Jimmy G. Faz, you have a personal, emotional relationship with Jimmy G. What is the upgrade or downgrade Mullins-Jimmy G? Three points. So Mullins is three points better. <laughs> three points worse. <laughs> you can't believe that, can you? Uh, Matt, I don't want to talk about anything else. We're down in the last minute. What is your number, Mullins-Jimmy G? Two and a half. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I mean, Mullins came in at such... I mean, Jones, just the eye test. What do you see? It's not as drastic, but I do think Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback. I feel like they can they can do more with Garoppolo. But Kyle Shanahan came out and said, if Garoppolo's 100% healthy, there's no shot that, that Nick Mullins gets a start over him. 
I'm going to let the foreign speak to this. I know an old man who split when I was four years old. You know what he left me? He left me a strong box and no key. I had to run over that thing three or four times, and I finally sprung the lock. You know what was inside? Yeah, the key, and that's it. <laughs> Nick Mullins did not have the father set up of Jimmy G. Think about that. Jimmy G's been crafted. He's been, no, he, they threw him in, and the stats are the same. Nick Mullins, baby. Team Nick Mullins right here. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 